0: Hey there, future Editing Andre with a little disclaimer for this episode. So, audio kind of janky, audio kind of stanky, I'll tell you why. I trusted a company who told me they did quality audio and video podcast streaming to test out their service, see what I think. Tested it out, played the shit back, gave me a headache. I fixed it as much as I can, so you know, bear with us, great show, still. (laughs) and episode about serial killers.
1: As the family doctor was like, "Why have 3 they're prosecuted and we have stereotypes based on like being more violent or whatever. But like-
2: I'm a serial killer that was active in Nepal. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Let me like, Kabul, Iran, Istanbul, Athens, Thailand. Prison system, this prison guys, so we got to throw a party. Let's throw a party. He hit <laughs> and and so, like <laughs> so after this period of peace where he was in Paris,
0: um, get your sausage door, Ray. Hey, oh, yo, right. Yeah, Ray smells you, like shit. Get uh, no? on both, both in, like, that sense? So you're saying that you did it. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Bros and Murder. We're here for another week, and this should be coming out, like, right before Spooky Month. So to get us into those vibes. <laughs> So get us into the vibes We are covering serial Killers Are they among us? Because guess what They are
1: (laughs) Fun fact fact. They are among us You are
0: not safe (laughs) They are still active All over the world (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I mean I have I have a pretty good case But who wants to go first You know what Kelly You go first Because Robert went first Last episode We're going to kind (laughs) of Round Robin each episode (laughs)
1: All right. <laughs> so I um, covered Roberta Elder, and um, she was a serial killer who was active between 1938 and
0: 1952. So there is
1: it's a long time. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. Ironically, like I don't think I'd ever heard of a black female serial killer until I researched this most recent time because like they're they're I've never seen them covered ever it says there isn't, there isn't a ton of information on the case as it stands Roberta Elder's reign of murder seemed to last almost 15 years and she's one of the very few black female cel- serial killers from the past that we even have information on at the time only uh, black news outlets even wrote about her so like the two that I saw were the Pittsburgh Courier and then the Chicago Defender. And there wasn't a lot of information I could find on that either.
0: Rosa Parks was an uh, investigator for the Ch- Chicago Defender. Hmm? Rosa Parks was an investigator for the Chicago Defender.
1: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: I talked about that in my last case <laughs> last week. Oh, well, sorry. No, no, not this case, Rosa Parks being in the Chicago Defender. So it's was like, mm-hmm. get that. It works out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I planned it. So, suspicion arose around her when her husband, um, Reverend William Elder, passed away from pneumonia within two years of the untimely deaths of his two young daughters. Both supposedly also from pneumonia as well. This was the thread that unraveled her nefarious history. So, the family physician was alarmed by the death of Reverend Elder. He was deathly sin. Covered in sores, and they said even his like skin had a weird tinge to it. Um, they really said this
0: man's skin was weird. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> he got he got eczema. <laughs> well,
1: and he was uh, oh, and what also raised concerns was that the doctor was called when he first fell ill. Like, and he he had like gotten like violently ill after eating lunch at work because he also was a construction worker during the daytime, a carpenter's assistant. And after the doctor instructed the family to let him know if his condition worsened, he was not then again notified until the husband and father was on death's door. So the death of the two daughters and then their father made the physician and subsequently the local coroner dig a little deeper into what was happening. So, after noting the similarities between symptoms of pneumonia to that of arsenic poisoning, the body was tested, and it tested positive. The county then got a warrant to exhume the Reverend's two daughters, Annie Pearl and Fannie Mae. Both were revealed to have traces Annie of arsenic. What?
0: Their names were Annie and Fanny.
1: Yes, they were.
0: That's very 1930s names.
1: <laughs> uh, well, almost everybody... There's so many people in this story who is like something May
0: also. (laughs) Fanny
1: May, Willie May, Nora May, um, both, but yeah. It was then that the police noticed the long list of people who had died around Roberta and not only had the bodies piled up around her, but a good number of them had had life insurance policies taken out on them, all of which Roberta was the sole beneficiary. Uh, The list included two prior husbands, her own mother, four of her own children, three of which were a year or younger, a grandchild and an additional stepchild from a previous relationship, a cousin, a friend, and the ex-wife of her recently deceased husband. Damn. Mm-hmm. Pouches of um, pink pink arsenic powder were found in the home, which could be traced back to the farm of a relative of hers, I believe her brother's farm. And she was found guilty based on circumstantial evidence. Though because of that, she was ineligible for the death penalty. She was only charged and found guilty of her husband's murder in the thought that if she were able to get out on appeal, she would then be charged with the murders of the children. And after, I think after the father got sick, his two elder children, or I guess there's two of his elder children stopped eating at her home because every single one of them seemed to fall ill after either a meal or Roberta was taking care of them. She would give them like milk of magnesia. And they think that that's, that's how she shit. is. Yeah.
0: So did they get? Did they have like a motive or just
1: insurance policy? She wanted to get money. I mean, because like that's a whole thing, right? Like it's always a tip off when somebody puts a life insurance policy on a child as well yeah. nowadays. Right.
0: A one-year-old child. Why are you assuming this kid's gonna die?
1: <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah. The two daughters who were who passed away before the father. They were, um, they were her stepdaughters, but they were 14 and 9. Jesus. Yeah, and she had, um, she had definitely had an insurance policy on the 14-year-old who was, I think, uh, or she, who was Fannie Mae.
0: I think, I think once anyone puts an insurance policy on a kid, just put them on a watch list. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I also think it's interesting, too, that, like, that's such a common thing, especially back then, for women who serial, who serial murder, because it's, like... It's always, like, poisoning someone close to you to, like, either... Well... Usually because of, um... Money. Binance. Insurance. Right. Yeah.
2: I wonder, so how, how many better- people total was it?
1: At Fourteen.
2: Jeez. And they were all so, related to her?
1: Yes. So, it was, like I said, it was, like, three... Three husbands four children, her own mother, her grandchild, an additional stepchild from a previous relationship, as well as the two daughters of her husband at the time. And then that, um, well, yeah, that husband, a friend, a cousin, and her husband's ex-wife.
2: So I feel like the basic, basic police work is just, what is the one thing that all of these people have in common? Is this one
1: woman that knows about arsenic poisoning? They're all, yeah, all surrounding this woman. And I don't think she could insure all of them because, like, I doubt she could get an insurance policy on her husband's ex wife. But, like, if she gets rid of the ex wife, now she gets all the insurance from the kids and the
0: husband. I wonder how much she, like, actually made throughout all those, you know, insurance payouts.
1: (laughs) So. I know she got, I, I believe, $500 for her husband, 550 for one of those two daughters, and then, like, I think 3000 from a previous husband. So it's like just a piecemeal of those, which I'm sure obviously would be a lot more today.
0: But it's tough because like you have to get brazen at some point if you're going to keep poisoning people. Like, you got to believe that you, you can just get away with it. <laughs>
1: Well, that's the thing did that,
2: is that one murder charge. The
1: only well, that's the only reason she got caught is because the family doctor was like, "Why have three people from the same family died within a year and a half of each other?" Yeah, because if, if she hadn't done it so close together, maybe she might have gotten away with it. Because like that was part of the thing that, like, I mean, speaking. Like over on a macro level, like people don't pay as much attention to crimes with black victims. Therefore, black serial killers go under the radar and are less likely to be caught.
0: Yeah, there's the whole less than aspect.
1: Yeah, because like well, yeah. there was, there was she, her, this case was only covered by two um, news outlets that were black ran and owned, and then like. There was another case at the same time. This uh, woman called Nanny something. She was a white woman who was a serial killer and killed her victims in a very similar way to this woman. And that there's tons of information on that woman and her crimes. But not like barely any on this one. And they they happened at the exact same
2: time. I mean, there's also a component to this that is like, you know, medical racism of. You know, we talk about all the time about like medical issues aren't taken seriously by doctors when they're from Black people or Black communities. So, mm-hmm. same thing would be applied to like autopsies, and you know who, but the family is going to pay for an autopsy to find out what happened. And when the family is the killer, they're not going to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's an episode of medical racism coming. So, <laughs> thanks, nice Easter egg, Robert. <laughs>
1: Well, and it's crazy because like, like, like it's so layered too, you know, people don't pay attention to black victims. The medical professions don't pay attention to when black people have medical issues. So like, it's not getting any attention. It's not. And then like, they're not, I mean, obviously they're prosecuted and we have stereotypes based on like being more violent or whatever, but like not when it comes to serial murder or like that kind of thing. So it's just going completely under the radar and like those people don't really get justice often. I mean, she wasn't really, she was only charged with the one. So all the other cases, actually, I don't know if this is too tangentially related, but it, it, it made me think of like everything with the Atlanta child murders and Wayne Williams. You know, he was only found guilty of um, one, like one or two murders of adults. He was never charged with any of the children's murders, so those are still technically open cases, even though we think we know who did it. Yes. And even that evidence is like, I mean, I don't. It's been a while since I've looked into that case, but I know that it's like very weird and not clear cut.
0: Yeah, this is so. like one of, those, one of those instances where racism actually let someone get away with murder. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, police partners and stuff. We talk about that a lot. It'll, it, it's super effective for some people. Yes.
0: Well, Kelly, great case, very dark and spooky. Robert, you want to hit us with it? Am I going next. Are you closing it out? Yeah.
2: Okay. So when I was thinking about what I wanted to cover this week, I was reflecting on like different groups and communities that we've looked at in the past. So I was kind of trying to like target somewhere that we haven't talked about before. Um, and while looking for serial killers in specific areas, I found a serial killer that was active in Nepal. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Let me, like, find out what that was all about. Um, and that is how I came across Charles Sobhraj, a serial killer who was active during the 70s, but his crimes go up until the 90s, Through who was active throughout Southeast Asia, but whose crimes spread all over the world. So wow. if you know the story... Of Frank Abagnale, or have seen Catch Me If You Can. Imagine that, but like way, way darker. This killer also bears a lot of similarities to another killer we covered, Somkid Pompuang. So when I say this guy was everywhere, his crimes were like global. He was born in Saigon. He was raised in France, but due to his constant life of crime, he fled to Mumbai, then to Kabul, Iran, Istanbul, Athens, Thailand, India, Hong Kong, Nepal. He was booked he, and busy. Man, oh, yeah, he was going crazy. Yes, and all of his true. crimes centered around like various scams that he was doing. So kind of like how we covered Somkid in the past. You know, when you're a scam artist, you constantly have to be moving. And this like that's, that's exhausting. Delay. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm just tired thinking about it. That's a commitment <laughs> that's a to a life
2: of crime. And so he was also in and out of jails and prisons. He kept getting arrested and picked up. And he would always get away. Like, you know, he would have faked capture, he'd get caught for very long, or the charges wouldn't stick, things like that. So he was able to continue this lifestyle of, you know, scamming people and robberies. And we start to see kind of an escalation like we do with lots of killers. He was often posing as a drug dealer or gem salesman to ingratiate himself to his marks. And he did this along what is called the hippie trail, which is just, in the 70s, it was a very popular, cheap tourist destination for young people that kind of went through India and Nepal and Thailand, you know, white folders would chop up a bunch of drugs and hang out inside. side of it. Yep, same. it kind
1: of makes me think of Happy Trail, but I guess like a less bathed version of it.
0: Zippy <laughs> Trail.
2: Like happy Trail?
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we... to see charles luring people into his life of crime using his charisma and manipulation that he used in his scams to gain followers a common tactic he would use was he would poison people like he would give them a bad pill or a bad injection and then they would fall ill and he would tell them oh you have dysentery or some sort of sickness and then he would heal them and bring them back to life essentially and then they would be like oh i owe this dude my life He's this cool drug dealer I met while I was on vacation, and he saved my life. life. And now he's just asking More me, like, drug dealer you know, help him out with his scam or help him sell these gems or something. So he started to develop this, like, criminal organization essentially of people that he kind of lured into his life of crime. And he was actually a pretty successful scam artist and became very wealthy doing this. How old was he at this time? So he would have been in his 30s. Okay, yes, that's that's good
0: scamming aids. People are going to like kind of trust you.
2: Yeah. (laughs) 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 So one of his followers in this kind of criminal network he developed um, later would be interviewed and said, we knew what he had done, but he hadn't been convicted. So we had kind of an open mind. But I mean, I'm really embarrassed to say, I really wanted him to like me. And this is kind of a common thing that we see in scam artists is that everyone is just like fascinated with them and like, they just, they love them. And, you know, when you look at photos, you're like, okay, I'm a reasonably attractive dude, but I'm not going to sell drugs for him. I'm not going to help him commit murders. Like, what is that like X factor that some people just have to gain? Well, I mean,
1: that's the thing. Con artist, it comes from confidence. Like, confidence oh, man. Oh, yeah, con right. man is a confidence man. And it's only because they're so full of their own shit that they can convince other people to believe them as well.
2: Yeah, like This guy's talking real fast. He must know what he's doing. Exactly. And He shows up. He has drugs. He has gems that he's stolen and is selling. He's stealing cars <laughs> he's he's by. Got, like, <laughs> If anyone was about that life, it was this dude.
0: I mean, he sounds like a, a, a jeep merchant in Skyrim. <laughs>
2: So developing a criminal organization of travelers in need, mostly tourists who were strapped for cash or lost, and his focus on tourists in these heavily trafficked areas allowed Sabraj to travel freely and easily evade the authorities. Uh, Charles' knack for evading capture earned him the nickname The Serpent, because he was just, you know, sneaking and snaking around. So as we see with other scam artists. This lifestyle constantly moving becomes a necessity. If you rob people in the same place in the same way too many times, people start to come looking and the police start picking up a trail. So the murders that Sabaraj committed targeted that same population of people, tourists in tough spots and people who he had recruited into his scams. Because of the circumstances of Sabaraj's victims, they would often go missing for long periods of time, before the family from abroad began investigating their disappearances or their bodies were discovered. Because, again, this was like the 70s and 80s. So it's not like you're FaceTiming people every night. They're just like, oh, yeah, my Canadian daughter, she went out backpacking and she's in India or Nepal, somewhere exotic. And then three months go by. It's not like, oh, I guess I have to start investigating the disappearance of my daughter. So, of his two murders, there have been 12 that are confirmed, but estimates you know go up into the 30s. So, is a heavily interviewed uh, criminal because he has been in and out of prison so many times, and his crimes are across so many jurisdictions. He is able to talk about his crimes quite a lot without fear of additional charges and things like that. So, throughout his life, he has given countless interviews to news organizations. And kind of building this legend of the con man that he was, of, you know, living this extravagant lifestyle, you know, gambling, doing drugs, hanging out with young, attractive foreign tourists, that sort of thing. Um, And Subraja's first victim was a young female tourist who had been seen with Charles and his associates before being discovered drowned in Thailand. And it, it becomes kind of a chain of events this first person is murdered we don't exactly know why and because of their murder a couple of people come looking for her and then those people get murdered and then more people start learning about that murder and he just keeps having to kill people in relation to the crimes he's committed Um, right yeah he's just like slippery (laughs) slope trying to cover up his trail by killing more people and creating a bigger trail and the cause of death varied wildly across his victims, drowning in a number of cases of workforce trauma, drug overdose, strangulation, and sprague was truly really a dangerous man who saw everyone as either a victim or a tool he could use to victimize other people. When one of his Southeast Asian apartments was raided, countless passports and identity documents were found. Um, and made the police say, this is this is not good. This is very worrying. These are a lot of missing people and a lot of passports. This, 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 um, man, just this having passports. This is very, right this is
1: very not good.
2: <laughs> yeah. And they also found poison in syringes, which we know is part of the scam. Um, but you can't convince someone on having someone's passport of murder. All you know is that they stole their passport. And having, you know, this cache of passports allowed him to, you know, go across borders very easily, you know, show up with one name, leave with another. He was really hard to track. And Sabrash was in and out of prisons his whole career, serving time in many different countries, and escaping prison on several occasions. And due to the wealth he accumulated and the notoriety that he had, um, he developed, or that he developed, his prison stays were always very comfortable he was able to bribe guards and inmates and kind of taking advantage of the corruption in the various prison systems. Um, so even when he was in prison, he was like living in the lap of luxury, getting to do pretty much whatever he wanted, giving interviews to news organizations. Um, he's been married money. in prison. What was that?
0: Because he was having a very cash money time.
2: <laughs> he was. Yeah, he was cashed the whole time. And he would smuggle gems. He had this obsession with gems and jewels, and he would smuggle gems into the prison and like bribe prison guards for gems. Where? How? how I cut
1: gems. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he just pulling them out his ass. I cut gems.
1: I cut gems.
2: And so there was this period when he was in prison, and he was about to be extradited to Thailand. And he's like, okay, I'm about to leave this prison, guys. We gotta throw a party. Let's throw a big-ass party. And it was for the inmates and the guards and everyone at this party. And he poisons them all with sleeping medicine. And they all pass out. And he walks out of the prison. What the fuck? It's uh, shit on a Looney Tune. <laughs> yeah, God. this is a dude who, who charisma checked his way out of prison. <laughs> so, <laughs> He hit And like so due, was, <laughs> due to a lack of evidence and a mishandling of his case, um, Superaj so lived as a free man in Paris for over a decade. And a lot of people speculate that he was able to bribe people to like lose evidence and kind of cover his tracks for him um, to the point where he could not be convicted in many countries because he adored, like double jeopardy laws and things like that. So, after this period of peace, where he was just living in, a, in Paris in a suburb, subsisting off of the money he would make from interviews about his crimes and his crazy lifestyle, he uh, had sold his life story. There's been several books and movies written about him. And most recently, there's been a Netflix dramatization of his life called The Serpent. Um, I haven't seen it, so I don't really know if it's good or faithful. Um, I know that the Netflix series is based off the book The Serpent, which is based off his life, so that's a couple degrees of separation. I don't know how accurate it is. So Suraj, while he did have this kind of zany life that it's fun to joke about, we have to remember that he did, you know, kill at least 12 people and probably closer to 30 in his, you know, selfish lifestyle of, I want to be able to travel wherever I want do whatever I want and constantly be scamming people. Um, and so after this period of peace where he was in Paris, um, he becomes emboldened and he says, I'm going to go back to Nepal and start a business. And Nepal was one of the few places he could still be arrested. So there's some speculation that he was doing this as a political city stunt. He's like, okay, I'm just going to capture captured again. And everything will work out. Everything's going to come up to because I always get away with it. And he was arrested immediately. And he is still in Nepalese prison mm-hmm. and is in poor health he was able to marry a woman while he was living in Nepal he was able to get another follower somehow um, he's gone through a couple uh, heart surgeries and he's most likely going to die in prison but when it comes to the serpent you can never be really sure who knows maybe at the you know age of like 80 something he'll just slip away into the Nepalese wilderness and then show back up in Paris <laughs> He's, he looked like a GCA character. That's fucking wild. Yes, yeah, 100%. He was traveling, like, dangerous areas, scamming people, killing people, and just got away with it from the 70s until, like, the 90s.
1: Everything was really coming up Millhouse for
0: him for a while.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and then...
2: Oh. It was just pure dumb luck
0: and money. <laughs>
1: And it's just crazy. Like the thing that makes me mad about stuff like this is it's like the fact that he made so much money because people wanted to write yeah. about him. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. There's something that I find so disgusting. I mean, I know in our country, you can't make money off of your crime. So like if you write a book mm-hmm. and it makes a lot of money, you don't get the uh, profits from that.
2: Unless but, like, day, i go Jay and talk about it hypothetically.
1: <laughs> well, that's different. Cause he was found not guilty.
2: Yeah. Well, and so that's kind of the case with Sabraj too. He did get convicted of murders later in his life. um, But kind of like that follower had said of, you know, we knew what he did, but he had never been convicted. So we kind of just turned a blind eye and he was able to just constantly be bribing people and skirting the law that, you know, all of his murders, you know, we couldn't really attribute to him until later in life when he was actually captured. So he had sold the rights to his life before he had technically been convicted of a murder. Oh, um, gotcha. So some of the interviews you'll see with him, people will ask him like, hey, are you a dangerous man? Have you killed someone before? And he's like, well, the court determined I've never killed someone. That's not an answer. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's messed up.
0: Yeah, that sounds hella chaotic. Yeah, no, he sounds like an unlocked GTA character who just doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Living life on easy mode. Yeah, rules don't apply. My case isn't isn't like any better. Time now for your latest weather forecast. Because mine's about a uh, a man with the house of horrors that he blamed the smell on a sausage store next to him. Because apparently you can smell the go- yeah, Kelly Yeah, it was <laughs> <It's> that's. <stupid. laughs> uh, so now, Teresa Garlson said that her brother, Anthony Swell, was a happy, attention-getting kid after surviving in, like, an abusive upbringing. That abusive upbringing made them very close and they had a tight bond. But she had no idea that her brother would grow up to be one of the most gruesome and depraved serial killers of like this current time. So Anthony was an American serial killer and rapist known as the Cleveland Strangler. He was convicted in 2011 of murdering 11 women whose bodies were discovered in his Cleveland, Ohio home in 2009. The house, like I said, smelled like death. And people said when you walk by it, you can like smell the odor just like from the street. And uh, he would often blame it on the sausage store next door. Anthony was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. He was one of seven children. And this household was like very chaotic abusive physically sexually and mentally it just wasn't a safe place at one point his own mother forced his niece leona to strip naked in front of the other children while she beat her with an electric cord in front of everybody until she bled they didn't give a reason why but there's no real reason why you would beat a kid like that uh at this same time anthony in later interviews admitted that he began raping his niece almost daily for two years Anthony also joined the Marine Corps around 1978 as an electrician and was stationed in uh, North Carolina at Cherry Hill Point. Uh, mind you, he never saw any type of combat or action. He was an electrician. so like nothing happened to but no, nothing like happened to him in the army that would make this mind shift change. but his sister said that when he got out was discharged, she noticed he was like different. He said his attitude was a lot more aggressive. And the smallest thing would cause him to, like, explode. And he would get physical with her and her children in these, like, bouts of anger. Still, his sister, like, stuck by him and, you know, was there for him. Shortly after this, he started showing more and more anger. In 1989, he was sentenced to 15 years in prison after pleading guilty to attempting to rape a woman after he attacked her. She was also pregnant at the time, too. He lured her into his house. And uh, when she was trying to leave, he hit her, bound her feet and hands, and gagged and strangled her with a rag. She thankfully escaped and got out, and he went to jail for it. Coincidentally, at this time, with his arrest, a bunch of strangulation deaths stopped around the Cleveland, Ohio area. Like, there was a slew of, like, suspicious. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) suspicious. That once this guy goes to prison, no one gets murdered anymore.
2: Well, so what, how old was he at this point when he first got out of the military what like mid 20s
0: so he joined the military when he was 18 he was there for 7 years and
2: got out when he was
0: in his mid 20s okay.
2: so, and then he so like to- that's also the age when a lot of like severe mental health issues pop up okay. in men is, yes. you know mid 20s so you know I know that their families like seen him come out of the military and see that change might not be because he was in the military I'm sure that didn't help but it could just be he was always going to have a severe mental issue and it just didn't develop until you know later in life
0: so uh, he was released in in 2005 and upon his release he went back to Cleveland got a home and was just collecting unemployment selling scrap metal and doing a lot of online dating he would advertise himself as a master looking for a submissive his neighbors... <laughs> I made the same <laughs> face when I read that. <laughs> yeah. It screams I'm
1: deleting people. all my dating accounts. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> knowing that he smells like shit, too, it makes the whole massive thing even more gross. No, no, I swear. It's it's I
1: <laughs> Richard Ramirez is, like, sexy and, but he had, like, decaying, like, death breath.
0: Reported. It was like you, There's evidence that he smelled like shit, yet Netflix was just to think he's hot.
1: Yeah. Um, oh god though like I just I'm sorry For I just need to take a minute for the um, master looking for a submissive like every right. other fucking guy on tinder
0: every, every every skinny dude on tinder
1: yeah
0: I'm a little kinky call me daddy I like, I like to oh. chill a little bit kind of kinky you know <laughs> thank you next so now his neighbors often complain to like the health department about how shitty his house smelled. Like the he, People complain to the city that his house smelled like shit. Complain small... to the police. Complain to the police. Yeah, they should have just complained to the police. What are y'all doing?
1: Huh, this seems really suspicious. I'm going to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, but, you know, despite his house smelling like shit of not having a real job, and just being kind of an angry dick, his online dating kind of, it, it treated him kindly. Because in 2012, he started da- dating Laura Fesher, who was the niece of the mayor at the time, Frank G. Jackson. So he got like a, a high profile chick <laughs> to at least come and live with him for a time period. There like she said, that. Ba- oh purse. yeah, she, she was down bad. This is like some down bad shit. He said at the time she was living there. His house smelled terrible. She said, "Quoted, it smelled like decaying bodies." And when she would ask about the smell, <laughs> she would ask about girl. The what
1: smell, is you doing? <laughs> Go home.
0: <laughs> and when she would ask about why his house smelled like decaying bodies, he said that it was coming from his stepmother. Who <laughs> she never checked on and said, "Well, is she okay?" no he didn't touch it and he will also say that oh it's that and also it's Ray's sausage shop next door the smell just wafts over
2: also what, that's another victim in the story is the poor sausage Ray. store yeah poor Ray's sausage, sausage <laughs> shop people could smell <laughs> dying dead bodies from the street they're walking right past your sausage door Ray You're yeah, right. yeah Ray's was like shit on
1: you? no one's ever gonna buy your shit ever again
0: <laughs> Why is no one buying my meats? They just keep saying I smell bad.
1: <laughs> Why doesn't uh, anyone want my sausages? <laughs>
0: These <It's great> spray sausages. <laughs> i just buy my, my sausages.
1: sausages. That's oh another crush. God, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> so now. <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: so now it will only come to like fruition after another violent outburst where like people will understand that the house actually was full of bodies. So now. Anthony invited a woman over named what is called a Billups because they didn't give her first name to his home for drinks in September 2009. She told police that he became angry after a few drinks, hit her, choked her and raped her until she passed out. On October 29th, police arrived at his house to arrest, to arrest him. He was not there. So officials forced their way in because the house smelled like decomposing bodies. And they said that when they got there. It was a noticeable smell that no one could... Like, they knew what it was. So that the first two bodies were found, and then five more were found, all in different states of decomposition, and some were also dismembered. A lieutenant on scene reported finding a skull that was being used as a bucket in the basement. There were also... Yeah. There were bodies all over the... And this makes me think... How didn't that one chick realize what was happening? If you lived there for several months,
1: well, it's so, like the the one woman. With, I can't remember that guy's name, but the guy who like kept his daughter in his basement for like thirty years, and the wife was like, "I didn't know."
0: Oh, like, oh, it, it was somewhere in Europe, right? I yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, it's like you know, you have to know. You don't just because <laughs> again, there were bodies all over the home in different positions in different areas. One was situated literally sitting in the living room. Another was stuffed in a cubby hole, but they were all over the house. Uh, there was no telling at the time how many victims there could be. So finding Anthony was paramount. And 40s officers assembled to do a two-day man search. Uh, as news spread about the now-known Cleveland Strangler, his sister received like a call from her brother saying, Hey, you're going to find out some things about me that I did. I'm going to be famous, but not going to be, but going to be for all the wrong reasons. And then hung up, and that was that. She never heard from him again. Good
1: time. Thanks for the heads
0: up, I guess. Jesus. Yeah. So as the search continued, people in the community actually turned their anger towards the sister and her family because they were relatives. Which is, like, not the right thing to do, but if you can't find him, of course people are going to, like, direct their anger towards like the next best person. Which is not right at
2: all. Yeah, Uh, the families of killers always get, like, crazy harassment. Yeah. Yeah. Even when, you know, they are also the victims of of that person's
0: violence. Yeah, and, like, the sister and her kids, they were victims of him, too, because he would often abuse them out of anger.
1: Well, I mean, uh, like, that's the thing. Everybody's always accountable, except for the person who actually needs to be accountable. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And this harassment got so bad that her, her kids, and her elderly sick mother had to flee the area and like just like cut off changing the numbers and everything, cause like it just wasn't safe for them anymore. And uh, like in a weird Rob Zombie movie, Anthony was arrested a mile away from his home on Halloween. When he was taken in and interrogated, he confessed, like immediately confessed to everything. He said that he would lure women in with a promise of crack cocaine. Drugs or drinks, and then he would kill them as a punishment. He wanted to punish these women. Uh, a, a lot of speculation assumed that he was doing this because he had mommy issues, which I think, if you that probably checks out, his mom was very abusive. So it could have been like he's just trying to get revenge on his mom by attacking women. Go to therapy, men. Go to therapy, go to therapy. Go to therapy.
1: It's like Ed Kemper,
0: yeah. So now, uh, four more bodies were unearthed, bringing the number of victims up to 11. All follow the same profile. Black women in their 30s or 40s, most were mothers. Like, out of all the victims, only one was not a mother. So it seemed like he specifically targeted mm-hmm. you know, black mothers.
1: Oh, I see.
0: Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's why, like, Sorry. he probably had mommy issues. Yeah. So God, Anthony's that's so,
1: tried- I mean... Not that it's, like, worse to kill a mom versus, like, a, you know, a woman who's not a mother. But, like, all of those fucking children are now motherless.
0: Yeah. Like, like he, like, seemingly uh, ta- seemingly targeted black mothers. And it's, like, that makes everything a lot darker. Because, yeah, you just leave it behind more victims other than that one person. <coughs> and the cycle of violence just continues. <laughs> so now... <laughs> His trial began in uh, 2011. Uh, he was charged with 11 counts of murder and 74 counts, including rape, attempted murder, tampering with evidence, and abuse of corpse. Uh, his initial, sorry, notes. So he initially said that he was not guilty and tried to do the whole insanity plea, but was later changed to you know just is not guilty. After a while, he dropped the whole insanity plea because it wasn't panning out. After a seven-week trial, the jury returned. I learned
1: something about that recently. Sorry. So if you if you do a plea for insanity, you are admitting guilt. Oh. So like you can't you can't plead guilty and also plead insanity. Or I mean you can't plead not guilty and also plead insanity because if you're saying that you're not guilty based on insanity, you're saying you committed the crime but you're not guilty it's because weird. you're not all there. Yeah. So you can't like you can't really do both, both in like that sense
0: that's, that's probably why he dropped it after a while and just sitting not like, guilty because then they are like so you're saying that you did it?" he's like yeah
1: no. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting
0: learn something every day It makes that was, sense uh, you know it makes sense so now his sister uh, despite like testimony from his sister because she did come to court and testify on his character, trying to just plead his case and bring up their upbringing. She actually mentioned in an article like recently that like if she knew what was happening, she would have did everything she could to try and stop it. But it's like it's not your responsibility to try and stop your brother from being a murderer. Especially like when you got kids yourself and you're he's already beating you. It wouldn't be any. He could just kill you at that point. I think a lot of her guilt just comes from society's pressure and people who were harassing her, blaming her for this, which is fucked
2: up. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're just... I mean, just like Ray should have called the police because it smelled like decomposition or, you know, every neighbor who complained to the city about it. You also were involved in some way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a failing on, like, many different
2: parts. parts.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But despite her testimony and everything, he still was sentenced to death. After his conviction in December uh, 2011, his former residence was torn down and dismantled and, like, you know, just completely tore up, thankfully. And a memorial to the 11 innocent women who were murdered was erected in its place. The East Cleveland police also reopened several old cold cases from the late 80s. The mur- and they were all murders by strangulation and kind of fell with the same motive as these other murders. And they also... St- These also murders were around the same time period where he went to jail and then like they all stopped like I said earlier when he went Mm -hmm. to jail continued again when he got out so now they're assuming that these other lists of murders are probably connected to him and they're trying to still make those connections Uh, the FBI at the time is still gathering information to see if he is linked to these other unsolved cases in the city but a lot of people assume that he just was Uh, he was incarcerated And at the time, like last year, he was receiving end of life care and he should be... Oh no,
2: no. Yeah. He died in February. This this year? Yeah, this year. February 8th. It always makes me a little nervous when they start attributing murders to someone that's already in prison, especially when it's like a large number of them. Just because I'm like, man, are you doing this just to like close the cases and get it off the books? Yeah, because
0: I mean, the, the timelines do kind of add up but at the same time, but like, you really don't know. Because in a lot of instances, when someone's going on like a killing spree, other opportunistic people might just kill somebody, and you know, yeah, it, it might and be use burned, the same uh, MO Yeah, like look at what happened in 9 11 when 9 11 happened, how many other crimes and stuff happened around the city just because attention was directed over there? Mm-hmm. I mean, people do it often. Yeah, no, that was the Cleveland Strangler and his House of Horrors. Chaotic nonetheless, but. <laughs> Gross. Wild, man. Poor Ray's. Ray's didn't have a chance. Yeah, man.
2: So yeah, I they tore down the building.
0: I guess Ray's, Rays is gone. <laughs> what if they tore down that building and, like, Ray's shop still smelled like decaying meat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Accomplice. You got the... You got the meats. Arby's. But yeah, no. That was this episode. Serial killers. Guess what? Surprise, surprise. They're a manga. (laughs) And sometimes they're women mothers. Sometimes they're shitty con artists who live like P. Diddy.
2: Yeah, what did we learn today? We learned that, uh, you should call the police if you smell dead bodies, um... Mm -hmm and that if a really cool attractive charismatic man tries to sell you drugs or gems uh you should leave i <laughs> gems he was the news for i gems <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah no uh do you have anything to plug kelly robert
2: this is coming out in october yes or just before october just, just before october Okay, this is a little difficult, because we don't have an album name still, but <laughs> Freddy vs. Is about to release our very first album. Um, it's been very fun, very expensive to create, but you should go and stream it. Um, I would tell you what it's called, but we're fighting about it at the moment, <laughs> so we don't have a name. <laughs> you um, do get a name, Tommy yeah. Tell Me. And I'll
3: Congratulations! Be- yeah,
2: we're going to release it <laughs> soon. <laughs> Super fun and sexy and spooky. Ooh, we're gonna we're gonna do a whole little Bros and Murder release thing for it. We can. I'm. I'll drag those people who have to speak on the band's behalf onto this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we can do a little Reddit thing about it, like a little Reddit, our own little
0: special Reddit uh, episode about it, mm-hmm. like a German Reddit to promote Freddy vs. I
2: love that. Make them pay for us and murder.
0: I give them a friends and family discount, you know? (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: But yeah, no, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Enjoy the music. Check out the social medias along with the Patreon where you'll get the extra content. And uh, yeah, kisses from the homies. And now a message from our sponsors.
1: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain.
3: On you. My heart is ready for something I have been had in a long time True love crime, My hope you know that it may hurt for a while Let's slow down, slow down I can see behind that broken smile Nice, sweet, smooth, like gold Let me know how you feel. Hope I'm not in too deep. We were Phoebe, we just forever. Won't be alone forever. Get through the storm together. Who got me some room? I know you still. You're